from the Thai Cats Audio Network. This is Thai Cats Today with Louie Butko. Yes, it is Thai Cats Today for a Thursday, November the 17th, 2022. Thanks for checking us out on the Thai Cats Audio Network. Yeah, Louie Butko is still here kicking it with you as uh, we get set for Sunday's Grey Cup between the Toronto Argonauts and Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And on that topic, we are going to actually head to Regina now. As uh, coming up later on in the show, we'll be joined by Darren Bombing. But first, uh, we'll get the Argos side of the story as we welcome in our friend of the show slash enemy of the show. Uh, it's Mike Hogan. He's the play-by-play voice of the Argos. And uh, Hoagie, I just want to remind you which show you are on and who our listeners are. But uh, do want to say uh, congrats begrudgingly on uh, on making it to the Great Cup. Yeah, and, th- and thank you for that. That must kill you, and it would it would probably kill some of the viewers and listeners right now as well. But um, no, it was it was a fun year, and uh, you know uh, there was a big part of everybody in Toronto that wanted the rematch with the Thai Cats, but it didn't happen. But uh, whether or not it was Hamilton or Montreal that we defeated last week, we were really happy to do so and get out here where it's minus four hundred twenty seven degrees. Uh, classic Regina, Saskatchewan. Let's talk about the atmosphere in uh, in Toronto last Sunday. Twenty thousand plus, I believe, uh, twenty one, just right around there. What did that mean to you, who is part of this organization, to see that kind of crowd reaction? To you know, it wasn't a lot of Thai Cats fans like the year before. I mean, these were Toronto Argonauts fans coming to support their team. We we made some really serious strides this year in ticketing. Um, I, I know, and you can insert whatever damn attendance joke you want, but we, we went up 39% this year, uh, which is substantial. And if we can do 25% on top of that next year, we're at 15,000 a game. And then it starts to look like it's full all the time. And so these are the, the, the incremental strides we're trying to make. And not only were we thrilled to see 21,300 Argo fans there, for the most part, there were some Montreal fans there, but it certainly wasn't the influx that we got from Hamilton a couple of years ago. Um, if we were able to do that, plus the Hamilton fans, we may have sold out the building this year, uh, which, you know, and, and the people who did go, if they weren't entertained by not only the game, but the whole experience of going to an Argo game, uh, I don't know what we could do to bring them back because that was just, especially when the home team wins, yeah. uh, but there, but it wasn't a 12 to eight game. Um, it wasn't sloppy. There were big plays from both teams. It was, you know, the Argos got to the big lead and then Montreal came close and then the Argos would pull away and the Montreal came close. It was like there was drama throughout the entire game. So people weren't bored. It was a little cool, certainly not Regina cold, Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it was a little cool uh, on Sunday. But I think for the most part, the fans left, you know, feeling really good about the experience that they had. And now we've got to find a way to get those people to come back. Maybe not for every game, but if we get those people coming two or three games a year um plus the diehards that we got uh we're moving in the right direction man it's a lot of work but we're gonna get there yeah i listen i know and you know you and i have talked about this many times i'm impressed by the the age of the crowd the different types of uh communities that come to the games uh so i you know that i appreciate uh, all the hard work you're doing there to get people in the building and like you said it was a pretty entertaining game curly curly gittens jr i mean that is it's such a great story because a Canadian OUA U sports thousand yard season. And then he comes up and makes a big play in, in on the biggest stage. We, we do a show on TSN called gridiron nation. And when Curly Gittins jr. Was at Laurier, we used at least one highlight of his seemingly every week. Uh, he was incredible. So if you saw him play, you knew he could play. 
but could he play at the next level? And, you know, we were astonished that he was there in the third round, like just ridiculously that he was still there and jumped all over that opportunity. And, you know, to see his, his, his growth from a guy who couldn't get on the field in year one to a guy who played Z in, in year two and really brought to life that position. Don't forget that the hash marks were wider then. So Z was almost forgotten, but the, the, the widest receiver out to the wide side of the field and he put up 700 yards in a shortened season and this year uh was incredible um there have been in the last decade four canadian receivers now to hit a thousand yards curly fantus uh getzlaff and sinopoli did it i think based year um but only four guys in the last decade which speaks volumes of what kind of year he had and he's only getting better and it's hard work and dedication he's that guy who uh, at practice, if, if special teams happen to be out there, Curly's over in McLeod Bethel Thompson's ear saying, okay, what did you see on that? Why did this work or why didn't this work? Um, nothing he has done is by accident. So those are the guys you really pull for. And it's a great story. Kid born in Guyana who came to Ottawa when he was like eight uh, and then learned how to play football essentially in high school. Uh, it's a great story. And, you know, I know that Ticat fans don't cheer for the team, but I think I think there are guys on Hamilton that, that Argo fans appreciate their story and kind of go, hey, if that, if we're going to get beat, if it was by that guy, that's all right. And I, th- I think Ticat fans can appreciate the, the Curly Gittin story because it's a hell of a good, good, good uh, tale. And just uh, a testament to the, the talent that the OUA has continued to put put out. You know, Turnowski and, and Keandre Smith. Obviously, Keandre had a great uh, breakout year this year. Try four. I mean, really, the OUA, a great pi- pipeline of talent. And again, I know uh, you and I can have much longer conversations on that. Let's talk about two former Thai Cats, uh, one in search of his very first Grey Cup, Brandon Banks. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting him to be the MOP in 2019, but can you just talk about his role? on this team and how it has developed. I mean, there were some roller coaster moments for sure. Some very public moments early on in the season, but I mean, he, where is he now and how important has he been to the success of this uh, season? Brandon's a passionate dude. Um, You know, that real, and and wears his heart on his sleeve and he's done that this year. Um, The Argos got him for his experience. um, And also as a guy that could still take the top off of defense. And we didn't see a lot this year, but, you know, when he had those moments and he had a couple of them in Hamilton, uh, one game where he scored the two touchdowns where he looked like Speedy B. And that's why guys like him and Ja'Gary Davis and Andrew Harris were so important for the Argos to get because they got to the dance last year in terms of the Eastern final. But, you know, you guys kicked the rear ends and they didn't want that to happen again this year. So, if there was one element missing, maybe it was that great cup experience where now I, do, I, man, I did the stat. I wish I could remember it. 20 uh, some great cup games played by guys. And, you know, since the Argos haven't been there, I think the only guys left from 2017 are Mac and Declan. I think that's it now. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, five years, it's a complete turnover. So you don't have that Argo experience in the great cup, but they've gone out and got guys from, Hamilton and Calgary and, you know, guys who have played in great cups in other markets. So uh, that's been a really important part of this. And you can, you can tell like this is business this week. Like they're not goofing around out here. It is, this group is absolutely wired for Sunday. And um, you know, I've been around enough great cups to see what teams are like going in. This team's a little bit different. This team is absolutely, we got something to do on Sunday. Let's not, uh, let's not go too crazy out here. Then again, it helps when it's minus 30 and it, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just want to get inside <laughs> hotel room 
play video games. Um, I, it's funny when you start talking about it. You talk about Ryan Dinwiddie getting set or Dinwiddie coaching Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie getting set for his first uh, Grey Cup, but above him, uh, pinball. I mean, really, when pinball came in, it feels like a year and a half ago. It wasn't that long. It really has started from the top down. This this group of guys that's about to get set for the Grey Cup on Sunday. When when uh, Jim Pop was relieved of his duties and pinball came in, uh, we had a meeting in the football ops office, and he said, "What I want this team to be is the most boring team in professional." <laughs> And we all kind of looked at him and say, okay, we know pinball's going somewhere with this. Where's he going with this? And he said, we have to get to the point where we do the right thing every single time, whether it be on the field, whether it be in the community, whether it be selling tickets, we have to be perfect all the time. We have to do the right thing to the point where we're boring because people expect us to be boring. And, you know, it, it, you know, Calgary has kind of been that team for the last thousand years, Edmonton before that. That's kind of the the, the, the bar that, that pinball has set here where we have to be great every day. And, you know, when you go into the office and it's the middle of the season and you're kind of in those dog days and you got a, a bye week or you got a game against a Western opponent that doesn't mean as much in the standings, the road game, and pinball comes in and goes, hey, all right, how you doing? And gives you a hug or a high five. Like, you kind of get that little adrenaline. Okay, here, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's who he is and that's who this organization has become. We follow what is lead. And, yeah. uh, you know, people think that he's just uh, kind of that, that that token guy at the top of the, the pyramid and is there for the pinball smile. We don't have Andrew Harris without pinball Clements. We don't have Jagera Davis without pinball Clements. We don't have Brandon Banks without pinball Clements, period, full stop. That was him. His phone calls, for the most part. Uh, I was essentially in the room when we were trying to figure out if Andrew Harris was, was going to come, the offer was made. It was a good financial offer. Andrew was thinking about it. Uh, this was about four o'clock in the afternoon on, on free agency day. And Mike said, I, I'm just going to go make a phone call. Didn't say where he was going, went <laughs> out and comes in about 10 minutes later. And we're kind of looking and said, who are, you, who are you talking to Andrew? And he went, yeah. What do you talk about? We didn't talk football. And then he came in, we talked for a couple of minutes and then Mike got a text at, from Andrew Harris saying, I'm in. That was the conversation. Mike Mike didn't talk to him about football at all. It was like, what can we do? You know, where are you as a person? What can we do? You've got a daughter. She's going to school. How can we help there? They didn't talk football. They talked about Toronto and life. And that's who Mike Clemens is. Great story. Uh, last one here. What's it going to take for the Argos to win this game? Uh, you know, we don't know the status of Zach Caleros. Winnipeg has been there quite a few times as of late. Uh, I'm sure they don't see themselves. Maybe they do see themselves as underdogs, but what's it going to take for the Argos to be lifting that trophy come Sunday, 9 p.m.? Are you ready for cliches? Are you ready? Are you ready? Um, if the Argos execute, they can win the football game. Uh, they had, yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> but, they, but, but they did on Saturday, and, and they had their best offensive game of the season. It was well-rounded. Harris and Olette on the field at the same time can be really confusing for a team who hasn't seen film of that all year. Montreal had not seen Harris and Olette on the field all year. And Olette's biggest play of the game came with Harris on the field. Harris's biggest play of the game came with Olette on the field. So I'm really curious to see how uh, how they're implemented on Sunday, on, uh, on Sunday against the, the Bombers. So the execution and let the defense execute what its game plan as well. But here's turnover turnovers there's number two. <laughs> there <you> go. right <laughs> it, it's it's going to be cold you know by by southern ontario standards it's going to be cold um 
And if the guys can get that out of their head and just go out and play the game, relax and play the game and hang out of the football. And same thing for Winnipeg. If if somebody loses a turnover battle by two, I think they lose the game. Period. Full stop. Well, as somebody who has had a, a team at the Grey Cup that you have to cover with everything else going on, I know how busy you are, man. So I appreciate you taking some time uh, this morning to, uh, to chat and uh, enjoy the week. And I won't say uh, what I'm going to say. Uh, but just, just best of luck to both teams. And <laughs> I, I hope, ah, oh, you're falling. I don't know. We lost you. We lost you. We're going to do that. I, okay. That's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get my thumbs up uh, to have both teams okay. having a fun time. Uh, Hoagie, <laughs> I want to have a job tomorrow. So I got to be careful uh, what I say. Uh, Hoagie, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate it. And I, I appreciate the well wishes and the good luck and your desire to see the Argos win the 18th break. Hey, that's, hey, I, get, I, that's, I and my thanks to Mike Hogan for joining me and uh, my thanks to our next guest for joining me. It's Darren Bombing. He is the host of uh, Bonfire Sports, uh, covers the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, among many other things that he does there. And uh, Darren, I mean, this is uh, this is old news for you. All these great cup appearances that these Bombers have been making as of late. Uh, just same old, same old, eh, at the uh, great cup? Yeah, uh, ab- absolutely. It's it's kind of like old hat in, in some ways, but in, in no way do I think the Blue Bombers or Blue Bomber fans take it for granted. Uh, fans especially, they don't feel it's overkill in any way, shape or form. They are reveling and, and relishing in an era of Blue Bomber football that really this fan base has not seen in a generation or two. They had the uh, run in the 1980s with 1984, 88, and 1990. That was three Grey Cups, but but nothing like this, where it could be back-to-back-to-back and and a three-peat championship. Um, That all said, Louis, you know, uh, expectations are high. This team set a new franchise record in 2022 with 15 wins, something they have never done before, regardless of length of season and and the rest. Um, And, you know, they've got the league's most outstanding player expected to be uh, named on Thursday uh, here in the Great Cup City in Zach Kolaris. Now, his health obviously will be um, leading the uh, the conversation and the storylines going into Sunday's game. But, um, you know, uh, everybody is expecting Winnipeg to bring their best football game uh, when it counts on Sunday night. I do want to talk about Zach Caleros, but let's stick with this topic here on the three P because I, I don't hear the word dynasty as much as I thought I would for a team that's about <laughs> to play for their third straight. And I, I feel like that's by design because when you talk to the players, they don't care about any dynasty. They just care about the next game. Absolutely. You know, Mike O'Shea has instilled um, really a mantra inside the organization and it, came out to the media we thought it was just you know cliche you know like you'll hear hockey players say get pucks deep and and you know ensure we we execute what we need to do well with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers it's we want to go one and oh every week it doesn't matter if it's a preseason game a regular season finale that is meaningless in the standings or a potential third straight Grey Cup championship game uh it's been very impressive to watch um, that culture Mike O'Shea has developed here in Winnipeg through the last six, seven years. Uh, and it's been very impressive to see them follow through on the things that they say. Yeah, the word dynasty is absolutely spoken about amongst fans a lot. And us in the media, you know, 
when, when it was back-to-back championships over a three-year span with the missed 2020 season, of course, uh, we mentioned, yeah, of course, this could be a potential dynasty in the making. But until Sunday happens and until one of those two teams hoists the Grey Cup on Sunday, I don't know if, if I'm somebody that really wants to, to use that word. Absolutely. Three straight Grey Cups will be a dynasty and the first time it's been done in 40 years. Uh, let's talk about Zach Kalaros because if there's someone who I don't think needs to practice, it's a guy who's about to pick <laughs> up his second consecutive most outstanding practice and I go, the most outstanding player trophy. Uh, but yeah. I go back to something you know Coach O has said a lot is that you, you don't need your first reps guy to be getting those first team reps week up. He should know it. It, it almost seems like a just in case. How do you see the Zach Calero situation uh, as we stand about to hit the field for the practice, uh, second stage practice? Yeah, I'm, I'm in that exact same mindset. And I know the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are as well. They've made no qualms about it. You know, uh, Farhan Lalji at TSN on the television broadcast asked Kolaris right after the game, how are you feeling? How is the ankle? We're good. We're good, was the exact quote from the quarterback. Later, he was made available to media and, and sat and took questions from, uh, you know, the, the Lions and, and Blue Bombers media following the West Final. How are you? How are you feeling? He said everything's good. You know, it didn't feel good at the time. It didn't look good, obviously, you know, jogging out onto the field after getting taped up and saying, no, no, OK, I'm, I'm going to go back. Let Drew Brown, uh, the young number two quarterback, step in and, and finish this game off. Um, but asked, should your availability for the Grey Cup be in question? He was asked this seven days before the game and he said, no question. We watched him walk off the plane. Yeah, he's stiff. Yes, he's walking with a bit of a limp. Yes, he missed day one of practice. But you're right, Louie. These guys that are veterans, they know what it's like to prepare properly. They know what it takes on and off the field. And for someone like Zach Kolaris, he needs to ensure that his body is exactly how it needs to be in optimal form for Sunday. There's no reason to put any undue stress on uh, a sore ankle or, or anything. It's pro football. Everybody's dealing with something. Nobody is 100%, but we fully expect uh, not just, you know, the Winnipeg media, but really all of the media, um, you know, assembled here in the Grey Cup City in Regina, all are along the same belief that we will see Zach Kolaris start and play in the 109th Grey Cup. All right, before we let you go, Darren, what's this game going to come down to? What What's the difference going to be for the team holding the, the Grey Cup at uh, 9 p.m.? Well, anytime the Grey Cup is held in a prairie city and it's potentially cold and snowy and a hard surface and the rest, uh, here in Regina, there's been Grey Cups in years past where there's been wicked winds that have really affected uh, the type of football played on the field. It's expected to be not too much below zero, a high of minus three on Sunday, low of minus 10. So I think the, the temperatures will be uh, tolerable and, and I don't think they'll have too much of an effect on the game. Wind gusts, 25, 35 kilometers an hour, that sort of thing. That all said, 
I don't expect a drop in the pass game. McLeod Bethel-Thompson will try to beat the Blue Bombers with his arm. Of course, we're going to get Andrew Harris mixed in with uh, A.J. Ouellette and, and Harris, of course, having that chip on his shoulder as he always does. He's going for a third straight Grey Cup against his hometown team where he won the last two with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. There's a lot of juice in that. But to me, Louis, this game will come down to who wins at the point of attack, who wins in the trenches. If Winnipeg can dictate the physicality and ball control on offense and Brady Oliveira plays along that offensive line in Winnipeg like they did in the West Final, 130 on the ground, 6.5 yards per carry, and 167 yards combined, I think Winnipeg uh, will, will continue their winning ways. For Toronto, they need to find a way to stop the run. They need to find a way to disrupt Winnipeg's offense. And ultimately, I think McLeod Bethel-Thompson, if he can get behind Winnipeg's defense and score on some big plays, uh, I think Toronto has what, uh, you know, uh, what, what a recipe would need to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, Darren, I know every second uh, at Great Cup Week is valuable, so I appreciate you spending a couple of minutes <laughs> with me today. Thank you, my friend. Anytime, Louie. Great to talk with you, man. And my thanks to Darren Bombing for joining me today. And my thanks to you as well as uh, we continue to appreciate you tuning in here on the Ticats Audio Network. Speaking of which, you can catch a brand new episode of Pay Me to Stop by Simone Lawrence, where he answers your questions. So check that out uh, wherever you found this show. Again, on the Ticats Audio Network. Oh, we'll wrap up the week and get you set for Sunday's Great Cup tomorrow. Hope you'll join us then on Ticast Today. From all of us here, I'm Louie Butko. Hoping you have a great day. Ticast Today can be heard every weekday, and we would like to hear from you. Email us at gameday at ticats.ca. Have a question or an opinion? We want to hear it. That's gameday at ticats.ca. Subscribe to the Ticats Audio Network on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.